0: Welcome to LameStream here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall.
1: My name is Steve Cavendish. You can follow me on Twitter at Scavendish. Uh, If you like this show, rate, review, subscribe, smash, perhaps, a subscribe button if you are uh, so inclined.
0: Yes, we would appreciate it. Share the product. Tell somebody about it, as you mentioned. uh, Make sure uh, you do all those good things that we ask you to do. Support local business. Nate Rao on the show, which is, of course, an obligation uh as soon as we get new titan stadium news we have to talk to nate about it who is on the forefront of all of this for a variety of reasons because he's covered basically mayoral politics and metro city politics for the better part of two decades more than two decades in this city uh and is on the the front of this um no he's
1: not that old oh i mean <laughs> i mean he's covered four mayors as he will tell us in the interview, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. i uh, mean we, we make it sound like a quarter century with nate Mal. <laughs>
0: Uh, Although he does talk a lot about the vote uh, in this interview uh, to bring the Titans to Nashville in the first place and how it compares to this particular concept and deal as well.
1: He he was he was, in fact, I think, in elementary school then. so.
0: (laughs) So much to get to today on the show. Very long conversation. But I will say this about Nate. He does a ton of interviews with a lot of different people. There is not a better place to get more minutiae and detail about the Titan Stadium deal, the East Bank development, and how it affects our city than right here on this interview. And I have no problem saying that. So thank you to Nate for all of his time today on the show. Uh, we will get to that interview shortly. Uh, I have one major complaint about Steve Cavendish that I will levy later on. We've got ratings for the Tennessee Volunteer Alabama football game. That was one of the greatest football games that has ever been played in the history of the sport uh and a lot of you guys were watching it uh, of course uh so we'll have some conversation after the interview but before we do that lamestream sports is a podcast about nashville sports media and business and it is in fact brought to you by jaspers always brought to you
1: by the fine folks at jaspers do you like beer steve beer good do you like sports steve sports good food food good.
0: We know you have lots of thoughts on food and thoughts on other people who have thoughts on food. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We know. We know. Uh Jaspers has introduced buckets of beer for $25, 6 beers. I'm not good at math, but it's about 4 bucks a beer and some change, which is a pretty good deal considering all the other specials they have. Of course, you got Preds specials for Preds games, $10 burger, $3 beers. You got the game room that is for free, folks. You can go in there and play games for free. This is not like those other, you know, second rate sports bars that charge you charge you for
1: the papa shot. No, no, no.
0: no, Free. But a twenty five, twenty five bucks, two for ones on Sundays, by the way, as well. Twenty five dollar buckets of beers all the time. Uh, Come down with your buddy. I think you and I could probably polish off six, six, six beers.
1: And I don't think that would be an issue.
0: No, no, it wouldn't. Um, So go to Jasper's, everybody. Of course, free parking over there on West End, uh, locally owned and operated. Um, Again, support local business. So I I think that's all we need to do here on the front end, because this is a very long conversation with a lot of detail. uh, And I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what's going on. There's messaging happening. So just listen to Nate. He'll tell you everything you need to know. Uh, This was our conversation with Axios's Nate Rao. Our first ever three-time appearance on the show, and you know we're talking stadium when Nate Rouse on the on the pod. Nate, how are you, sir? Good morning. How are
2: you? I'm doing good. That's that's quite the honor. I didn't know that. So, <laughs> Cool. Yeah, it's I know. also it's also not true. Oh. And he's not uh, the
1: only three-time appearance. Uh, who else? i'm struggling to remember here Yeah, exactly
0: we, gonna, we've if,
2: had
1: another three-timer
0: if you're gonna call me out you might as well do it with accurate information Dude, In my he,
2: heart i, I does... my heart i have to i have to take the honor i don't is know it, yeah. it doesn't <laughs> does he matter get
1: like a, does he get like a jacket for like the three-timers club <laughs> yeah, or something yeah. like that it's the new titan
0: starter jacket that's what it is um <laughs> which actually looked pretty good uh so first and most important question of the show nate um if you are going to a concert with a friend and they text you the set list, is that appropriate behavior before the show starts?
2: Well, I, I want to be surprised, <clears throat> so I would say no. I'd rather watch it unfold Thank you. be surprised.
1: It wasn't like you opened up the text and looked at it and got it spoiled. I said <laughs> the set list is in your phone if you want it. And I am a I am a Christmas presents on Christmas Eve kind of guy. I want to open them all up. I don't care about I don't care about Christmas morning. The analogy doesn't
0: the analogy doesn't land at all. I, but
1: I want them. I want them now. I don't they, care about I don't care about waiting.
0: I really uh, don't. Nate, I will say that and Steve, I will say this. I, I have to thank Steve for one thing. I didn't look at my phone for like two and a half hours. It was great. I didn't see any Twitter messages. I didn't see any DMs. I didn't see anything. No venom. I got. I didn't even look at my phone for two hours. If something happened to my wife and kids, I would have never known because I didn't want to know when TVA was coming on Tuesday night. Anyway, um, Nate, let's get to why you're here and not and stop wasting your time. Um, so first and foremost, I, I saw the headline uh, on mm-hmm. on your latest sort of piece about like lo- lo- breaking records for most public money. I've seen a lot of reporters from other markets, especially Buffalo that are that are going through this exact same process right now I, when when people see most public money in NFL history or when people from Buffalo are comparing it and trying to say hey look how good our deal is compared to Tennessee wh- what are they missing in, in the in that particular conversation
2: well the first thing they're missing is that Buffalo I believe is an outdoor stadium so the you have about $500 million or more that it costs to put a roof on a building. That's the main difference, really. I mean, after that, we're not at the design level. I don't think of the Titan Stadium, so we don't know where that total gap comes from. <clears throat> it's just a more expensive project. It's a expensive city to do projects in, I would guess, more so than Buffalo, New York, uh, which I was there this summer, lovely place. Um somewhat lovely place uh, upset that's an upset <laughs> <Yeah>. right there <laughs> uh they have some good wing stops and uh niagara falls is pretty dope um but that i think that's the main thing I, and and but in terms of you know the most public money that's that's just a fact it's there's never been a stadium project in the history of our country with more tax dollars going to it and you know uh as a Packers fan, Andrew Brandt is someone who I really hold up as an expert on the business of the NFL, and I believe he called, said complimented the Titans for negotiating the best stadium deal in NFL history. So he's as definitive as an expert gets, and that's his take on it. So there's there's a little bit of truth there.
0: Yeah, I, I I helped build the north end zone in, in Lambeau. I've got $300 on my wall right there that yeah. helps uh, <laughs> that helped build that end zone. Uh, but but I guess let's rehash then what that means for people that live in Nashville, that are in the surrounding areas, that are in Middle Tennessee. We don't have the, the exact figures, but we have some ballpark stuff. And we know some things that have sort of been in place for a while. So let's quickly give everybody the Cliff Notes rehash version of how does that public money break down? Because obviously the mayor's office is selling this as No impact on your education, on public transportation, no impact on your lives as a a Davidson County taxpayer. How is it that they can say that and then also have the largest publicly funded stadium in NFL history?
2: Well, the simple answer is because the the taxes that will be used for this wouldn't otherwise, with a caveat, would not otherwise be going to the general fund. These are new taxes that don't exist yet. They are mostly going to be paid by people who are either tourists or using the new building. Um, So I think the point is, um, the reason why the mayor's office is emphasizing that, they're also correct, is because under the current deal, any upgrades they were to ever do at Nissan would come out of the general fund, would come out of the same pot of money that is used for sidewalks and schools and... I've seen like what I would regard as the most sophisticated sources or or readers, the most sophisticated readers and stakeholders um, confuse this issue. And I don't blame them. It is confusing. But the truth is, uh, Cooper, the Cooper administration is not proposing to take money away from schools or sidewalks and to even go further it. The money that is dedicated to this project, which was through the state legislature, really could not otherwise go to anything but the stadium. And I'll just be I don't want to drill down to this too much. But the caveat is the critics are saying, yes, but you could have structured the deal in such a way that more of the sales tax that this project and the surrounding campus will create could have gone to the stadium or to the general fund. And so that's the caveat. You build something new, you know, whether it's a restaurant or a football stadium, and you want the community to benefit through the tax revenue it generates. And in this case, the vast majority of tax revenue generated right there, sales tax will go straight back into the paying off the debt. So, and this is the, the
1: for, for years, we've talked about kind of how Nashville and the surrounding counties don't. Necessarily cooperate on a lot of stuff. Uh, transits the best example here. Like it would be easier and probably better for the like the seven or eight county area if there was some some kind of big transit plan that let you go. For instance, if you live in Murfreesboro to get to Nashville quickly and more efficiently, whether it was like bus rapid transit or a train line or monorail or whatever it is you want to you, you want to do. Um, if those counties cooperated, but they, but they don't, they, they, they never have cooperated and, and they're, and they're not going to, uh, in, in many ways, it, it's interesting to me because I've seen a lot of kind of, I mean, I'm going to say this probably a few times on this podcast, bitching on Twitter uh, about, uh, you know, about, you know, Nashville taxpayers and so forth. This isn't funded by Nashville taxpayers. Matter of fact, if you have ever been mad that, Nashville builds stuff like the arena or the first stadium or whatever else out mm-hmm. of general obligation funds that we, that we as taxpayers are paying with like property taxes and, and, and whatever else, you know, you should be met. You should be very glad that the taxpayers of Williamson, Rutherford, Sumner, and Wilson counties are all paying for this new stadium and not you. I mean, that's, it's one of the kind of the ironies of, uh, of this argument here is that i think you're i think your your analysis is spot on that nashville taxpayers are not really paying for this
2: yeah the the only thing that i've somebody asked me what are the weak points of this deal and i feel like there are there are two that are really emerging as i've as i've listened to the critics and studied this closely uh, i'll say two and one has two parts to it the first is why is it that as a city and i put this into my initial story When uh, when we broke the news, but why is it that we as a city can figure out ways and the smartest people around government in our city can structure deals to pay for things like an indoor football stadium, right? And we we can't quite wrap our brain around similar uh, ways to tap into tourism revenue to pay for affordable housing or a transit plan. So that's the thing that I think is a fair criticism. At the point the council members will be voting on, I feel like that is moot, right? The revenue is dedicated for this specific use. They're not saying, here's one thing you could do with the hotel motel tax increase or sales tax on the East Bank, but here's three other things, and you pick which one you think is best. The legislature has set this up in such a way, and the governor, that there's one thing you can spend it on, (laughs) and that's a domed stadium. Uh, So I think that's a weak point. And then the other weak point, I think, and Councilman Mendez has been harping on this is kind of what I was alluding to earlier, that all there's going to be more revenue generated by these revenue streams. There's going to be more money than will be needed to pay off the debt. And the, the fact that they're going to dedicate a significant portion of that to the capital expenses in the future at the building, instead of putting that on the Titans to pay for it out of their pocket Uh, when the percentage breakdown of private money up front is smaller than places like Buffalo. I, I think that's just the other point of criticism that not, not my personal opinion, but I think that's fair. I think that it's fair for Mendez to say, "Why are the Titans owners not paying for future upgrades here? We're giving you whatever the I don't have the percentages off the top of my head, Steve. <laughs> Maybe you remember, but about seventy percent of this is going to be publicly funded, so you should pay for it up front." So those are the two points that I'm I'm hearing that are really I think fair. And how? And, and, and,
1: which which makes it interesting too because the so the, the titans have agreed to backstop this deal in that they have agreed to cover the cost overruns uh, that may come from building the stadium so if it's 2.5 billion dollars they're going to eat that the extra 300 million um but also and i asked this at the press conference the other day because they said they said we're going to we're we're fully backstopping this and and so i asked about if the tax revenue falls short, if for some reason, you know, we get, we get, you know, we, we lose our, our, oh, I can't believe I'm saying this, our it city status oh and, and bachelorette stopped coming here and, you know, whatever else. And because this is all off sales tax revenue and, and that just tanks in that zone that, that, that the money is dedicated to, you know, the Titans would backstop that revenue as well. I I got pulled aside by a member of the administration who said, that's not necessarily kind of how it works because the city's name is on the bonds, but they would, the Titans would do something in in, in that respect and in that they don't want Goldman Sachs repossessing the uh, repossessing (laughs) stadium. But, but it's, it's interesting. I think Nate is exactly right. You know, this is, this was a Titans led deal at the state. And uh, and and the the fact that it's not, it's being presented in this sort of up or down fashion. I mean Nate, you don't think there's gonna be any there's there's not gonna be any renegotiation here at the at the council level. I mean this deal's coming and it's either there's not gonna be there's not gonna be any amendments tweaking tweaking the shit out of
2: this, are there? The the one area that I think there could be an amendment on <clears throat> is is the capital expenses. Um, But obviously that was a really sensitive point for the Titans and they got it in there. So I'm going to guess that's a hard, pretty hard line for that from them. And uh, so I think other than that, well, and let's see what the affordable housing commitments are, um, because that'll be coming too. And but in terms of the seven hundred and sixty million dollars coming from sales tax in and around the building and hotel Motel tax? Uh, n- no, I don't think there will be any. I don't think there will be any room to n- change that. So I was. Uh, this is what I was going to ask, and I think it piggybacks off Steve's
0: point because we've seen numbers like ten million dollars a year in sales tax, and I think Butch floated seventeen to twenty million a year, which doesn't technically get to the numbers that 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 is being projected. So my big picture question is just how accurate do you think a lot of these estimates are? Because we've got an estimate on total cost, we've got an estimate on sales tax we've got frankly they're 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 yelling at each other about like what the cost of renovations would have been and a third party like this was the mayor's office that paid for this estimate and it's supposed to be 1.7 billion or whatever how, how accurate and like are those? how important are those estimates obviously fairly but how accurate do you think they are
2: well this is where i just rely on my experience of covering the convention center And at the point when we were a few months away from that vote, there was hand-wringing around the, the question of risk. Is this thing going to be successful enough to generate the revenue to pay it off? Not only was it successful enough to pay it off, it's created so much excess Tax revenue that it became a central point in the 2019 mayor's race. Are we why did we put all this tourism revenue into the convention center? And Mayor Cooper, to his credit, I feel like this has gotten lost a little bit in the shuffle. He has funneled more money from the convention center revenue to the general fund and things like schools and housing than any of his predecessors. Um, so, my prediction is that these tax revenue streams are going to come in much higher than what is needed to pay this off. I think that it's conservative estimates. These weren't done in a vacuum. They have the most brilliant uh, bond and finance consultants um, working in the background and, and banker type folks to fact check these numbers. And they know already that there's, they already are estimating at the start, there's more revenue coming in than just what's necessary to pay off the bonds. That's why you have uh, money going to things like capital expenses and some infrastructure around the building. And I think it'll, maybe it'll be a podcast. It'll be my 40th appearance on the podcast, <laughs> but it'll be way down the line when, before it's a debate about, wow, that it was, there's way more revenue coming in than uh they even earmarked for it so
0: so this ties into then uh, another question about the value of the stadium itself and steve's already alluded to this we you know there's some there's some think tanks around the area that have done some public work on post you know published some work about the value of a of a stadium to the community and, and all that kind of stuff the economic value and we've already alluded to who's going to pay for it who's going to benefit the most which is tourism and then you know people that use the facilities um, do you have a sense for as to just how valuable a stadium is to a community in general in terms of economic impact?
2: I think it's widely accepted that the tax dollars, the tax dollars you put in, it it doesn't the benefit doesn't outweigh the cost. But that comes with a tremendous counter argument. And the first counter argument is look at the other 35 largest cities in the country. They're all doing these same kind of deals with a few one-offs where you have owners wealthy enough to pay for everything up front, like what happened in Los Angeles. That's not normal. Every city, every region in the country, major metropolitan region commits tax dollars to stadium deals. And you can get down into the weeds about is what is it? This deal is, well, how do we compare to Buffalo? How do we compare to Chicago? That's the job of council members to, to figure out whether the dollars and cents add up or not. But the idea I just think that I just think that when the criticism is every city in the country is stupid, <laughs> um I don't know. I just find that slightly less compelling. I know what the economists say, and I think that it is a fact that there's agreement that too much tax money goes to these entities. And I think Andrew Brandt, who I referenced earlier, the NFL, former NFL executive, you know, the NFL uh, socializes its costs and they privatize their revenue. And so they've got this brilliant model. Right. But it's not it. Nashville's not alone here. And there's about five or six other thriving cities that are dying to get the NFL. Wait till you see what they do in London in the next five to ten years. Ask Oklahoma City if they want an NFL franchise. Ask St. Louis if they want to have an empty building or if they'd rather have an NFL franchise. And, and just and the whole thing, you know, this is the most expense, most tax dollars ever committed to a deal. But do you know who's right on our heels? Denver and Chicago. So those are two cities that have a pretty long history with professional sports, and they're going to commit hundreds of millions of dollars to their uh stadium deals and the surrounding developments. It sure sounds to me like Chicago's heading down this exact the suburban development will be eerily similar to what Nashville's pushing and and similar to Nashville the the public cost is going to mainly be in the surrounding infrastructure and not in financing that deal itself. So the, to me yes there's a criticism is there enough benefit the, the idea is if I didn't spend my 150 dollars at a Titans game I'm going to go spend it at you know a couple of concerts and going out to eat and the the city doesn't benefit any more you're funneling where it goes and you're not increasing overall benefit but um I do think there are some, I don't know about you guys I think there's some businesses that benefit in an abstract way that that isn't measured by the 2.1 billion I mean you have sports bars you have apparel stores um I think downtown thrives on game day uh certainly the hotel industry um so there's some abstract benefits that are beyond the the dollar for dollar um ad, you know addition and subtraction. But in general, I think the criticism's pretty fair. You and, did and not you that, did not
0: list family of four in Hermitage or no. Hillwood or Hendersonville. You didn't you didn't list family of four in, in that in that list there, Nate.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and, well, and the, the the interesting thing to me is that there is uh People, people who have brought NFL, the, uh, the the people who brought the NFL to Nashville, would you know, would argue that the prestige of Nashville being a top tier sports city ended up having a trickle down effect. I hate that term, but uh, ended up having a trickle down effect, or or some kind of halo effect in terms of the businesses that ended up they ended up bringing to Nashville. Like there's a there's a there's an argument to be made about Nashville's prestige. puts it on a puts it on a playing field that it attracts things like Alliance oh, Bernstein and Amazon and you know what and what and whatever else. That may be that may be good or that may be bad. I mean, there you can you can argue that sort of both ways, but there is an. I think Nate's right that there is an effect that is not necessarily measured. Just by just by off the tax dollars, because if you if you only look at raw uh, raw output from those tax dollars, it, it, it's not it's not kind of co- coming purely back to the city. Ripple is um, a
0: better word, Steve. Let's do ripple.
1: It's a ripple. Uh, so, <laughs> Nate, I want to back up a little bit about the process. You know, there are two giant pots of money. There's this five hundred million dollars from the from the state uh, for the dome piece of this. And then there's this tax capture and all of this is, you know, we can be talking about like kind of how much of that percentage should be going back to Nashville or being invested in other things. But the fact of the matter is the state controls exactly how the sales tax is administered in, in that respect. This was, you know, this money is a, is a state function and, and was, was, basically like you said packaged for it how did all this kind of come come about because there's there's been a titans deal percolating around here for you know five years now
2: yeah with one big uh reminder which is the first piece of legislation that passed related to this was in 2021 before a new stadium was on the table And that's the sales tax capture. So the sales tax in and around the building for the campus, that was always the vision, a broader commercial development around that could have gone and still could, I believe, to renovation costs. Um, The hotel motel tax, 1% increase that was passed by the legislature this session. And that can only go to a new stadium, the $500 million in state bonds that can only go into a new domed stadium. So there's, there's strings attached to it that the legislature approved from lobbying from the tourism industry, which backed the 1% um, hotel motel tax increase. That's totally appropriate. I mean, if it's their customers that, that are gonna be paying the increase, then they should have buy-in on it. You know, Butch Spearden at the CBC says there was 100% support from their members for that, from their hotel members. So that's pretty compelling. I think the city could ask itself on the heels of this. They've got 1% more. They can raise that tax. What do we want to do with it? Do we want to put it toward a baseball stadium or whatever the next thing is that someone's going to be pitching um, in the distant future? Or do we want to put it toward transit? Do we want to put it toward a housing plan, you know, an affordable housing plan? So that's a question. That's a way that tourism money could benefit the public beyond just the industry itself the titans i would describe you know their chief lobbyist has told me if i ever use his name that uh he was going to murder me so i'm not going to say his name but you could probably google it and figure out who it is <laughs> I, I think i think he did a brilliant yeah i think he did a brilliant job of constructing this he piece they the team his him and his team piecemealed state legislation to dedicate it for one purpose. And the alternative is a lease agreement, which Braden referenced, is it 1.7 billion? Is it whatever it is, it's in the hundreds of millions, maybe even billion plus dollars of obligation to keep the team at Nissan. That comes out of the general fund. That's your choice, Metro Council. And, and that is the truth. That the, the way this has been structured, their choice is, Saddled with a, a lease deal that was very favorable to the Titans and, and would cost the city money. You know, I was talking to a council member this week, and they were complaining about that aspect of it. And I'm just kind of fascinated because every year at budget season, these council members are are arguing over, you know, two million more for. Can we get two million more for transit? Do we give the school employees? You know, five percent raises or four percent raises—they are really on the margins at budget season for where the money goes. And what I'd love to hear from them was, regardless of what the uh, the uh, obligation is at Nissan, you're not dealing with that at all now. And so you can go to court and argue and let a judge tell you what it is. It's something, and that means you're going to be paying money that and, and answering a question you don't have to answer right now. To, to pump into Nissan, and that means less money for transit, and that does mean less money for sidewalks and, and less raises for support employees, sadly. Sadly, that's what it means because that's what the lease says. So they got here because it is a trend in pro sports for the stadiums that were built in this era to get massively renovated or replaced, and they got here because their strategists – you know, deftly, deftly structured this in such a way and put it together to uh, put it in front of council, where it's a pretty simple question.
0: They they just kept closing off ramps, right? Like it's just there's you're well, on the interst- you're on the interstate and they just keep closing the off ramps and say this is the only place you can go is is right here. Yeah.
1: And what Nate and what Nate says is what Nate says is true. Whether that number for the le- the current lease obligation on Nissan Stadium, whether it's one point seven billion. It's not 1.7 billion, but But
0: it's not, but it's not 300,000
1: either. It's not 300,000 either. Say that number is $500 million, whatever, uh, $300 million, whatever, whatever number you want, it, it has a significant number of zeros after it. it, whether it's inflated for argument's sake or, or not, or whatever it is. The, the answer to the, the answer in this question, do we do this deal or not? it's not like you're trying to attract a team to Nashville and say, oh, well, if we don't build this team, then uh, don't build the stadium, then the team won't come, which is what other, some other cities are, are facing. There is a negative, there, there's a negative impact on the other side of that question that you, you doing nothing has consequences. And, 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 that's, and that's an, that's a really important sort of consideration here because council members are looking at, uh, at, at having to, if we scrap this deal altogether, and 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 the council thumbs their nose at uh, the legislature and the Titans and whoever else, they they're going to have to they're going to have to pay to fit to fix up Nissan Stadium in some fashion or the other. You may have to go to court. May have to figure out what that number is, and you know th- there could be ramifications to that. But but that is a that is not a that is not a zero number on the other side of the ledger
2: yeah it makes it it makes it a hard debate to be engaged in for those council members yeah as, as a
0: as a davidson county taxpayer with kids in metro schools it was going to potentially affect my kids and now it potentially could not i think that's that that's essentially kind of the the gist of it but your kids
2: also won't benefit from it as much because of the way it's structured.
0: So They're also Packers fans, too. So there's that. So I've brainwashed them, Nate. Let me can I ask you a reporting question about all of this? Because we've got lobbyists. We've got council members. We've got the state. We've got Metro. We've got the mayor's office. We've got an election next year. We've got the Titans. We've got the NFL. We've got taxpayers. We've got Butch. We've got the CVC, We've got all these different stakeholders. We've got businesses, all these different things. It does feel like it was State. Governor Lee with John Cooper and, and and Amy Adams Strunk. Those are kind of the three main stakeholders in all of this. It feels like because until you sort of break a story eight hours before the press conference, which is great work by you, the, that there's not really been anything else. There's no leaking. There's no it clearly it, like, it, it clearly feels like everyone's aligned on this. Right. Because otherwise, if it was contentious and a lot of disagreement and people had major points of, of contention, wouldn't we have seen? somebody wanting to get out and way out in front of this with some sort of major complaint.
2: So I guess mayor Cooper is the fifth mayor I've covered. Is that right? Or is he the fourth? He's the fourth mayor I've covered. Um, He's the, he's the one that those business folks you just mentioned enjoy negotiating with the least. So they got it done quietly. They got it done. Um, smoothly in terms of there were there were no leaks there were no sources say bashing the other side in the media but i've never heard anybody say that they enjoy negotiating with mayor cooper it took long you know i think that there was a sense that this could be done right on the heels of the legislative session and the cooper administration um did its due diligence i think I think he might get criticism, frankly, from some of the 2023 mayoral cha- uh, challengers that he, by taking longer, the project got more expensive. Uh, I think we've heard Matt Wiltshire maybe say something like that already, or allude to that. So that would be the credit. It wasn't a per- My point is, it wasn't perfect, and it was contentious, like all negotiations should be behind the scenes. But the don't forget the Titans starting point on day one was we are not leaving nashville we are committed to the city and i know that a cynic would say of course they can say that they have a sweetheart currently deal," but I, I don't i don't really see it that way i think that there was a tack to take that a different management team would have taken uh other than burke nighill and, and his team to say if you don't do this we're going to look at leaving and uh the oiler the franchise has a history with that right so like it wouldn't have been ridiculous it's what happened in st louis i think they're doing fine in los angeles so they could have they could have made it more contentious their starting point was to work, do everything they could to get a deal done and and i think that's where they ended up
0: Lamestream sports is a podcast about national sports media and business it is hosted by steve cavendish of the National Banner. Sign up for good journalism, support it, nationalbanner.com. And it is brought to you by the wonderful and amazing folks at bucketsofbeer.com. Period. What's that? I don't know what's at that website, so don't go and don't don't, don't Yeah, don't do that. Don't blame, um, me. Don't blame don't, me if there's something there that you don't want to see. But now, to be fair, and to Jasper's credit, I've never heard the phrase bucket of beer and thought about something bad. It's just always a positive. No, that's true. Positive.
1: Although that is not always a, a way to find your way around the internet. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying if you're just going to punch keywords, yeah, key no, know. Dot know. com into uh, into the URL bar. Bucket of beer though has be good a little mess- careful about that.
0: Over the years, bucket of beers had a good messaging strategy.
1: Just very good it, messaging Just be strategy. itself.
0: Be authentic. Like 440 sports. Like Jaspers. Just be yourself. Provide six beers to somebody for 25 bucks, like they do at Jaspers. I think you're going to win some people over. I think you could win an election on Bucket of Beer as your messaging strategy. Buckets of
1: beer, great food, great place to watch a game, game room that's free. I I don't know what more you would want from the next evolution of the sports bar.
0: Parking is free. Parking is free. You go for a nice dinner on Wednesdays, $5 bubbly. Unlike the Preds special teams, Jasper specials are very real and productive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: they're very good. They got are you, gonna special- have to, are you gonna have to rename the gold standard uh, <laughs> drink because of because of the bread special teams.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, five minute major. That's what they <laughs> that's what they're serving. <laughs> that's what they're serving at at Jasper's now instead of the gold standard. It's just it's all major it, it, penalties. It, it, it's
1: just it's just straight one fifty one and like a splash <laughs> yeah. of juice.
0: <laughs> um, now, here's what's cool about the specials, though, because I got the bucket of beer now at Jasper's. Twenty-five dollars for six beers, again, about four bucks a pop, pretty good. Uh, you've got two for ones on Sundays. You've got ten-dollar smash burgers and three-dollar beers during Preds home games and road games. So you got great specials to go watch Preds games there. You also have five-dollar bubbly. So you want to take uh, the significant other out for a nice dinner date and not tell her that you're going to save some cash on. Uh, you know, on the beverages Wednesday nights, five dollar bubblies. So I think you get some like rosé wow. and some champagne, all kinds of stuff in there for like five bucks a pop. So Wednesday, you got a deal, and then four to six, four to six, like Monday through Thursday, you got you got happy hours. So like, and, there's, there's happy and, hours. There's something special happening all the time, which is also exactly like Fred's penalty kill.
1: <laughs> Not something special happening all the time. Uh, the and of course you always have the deal of deals uh, for, to go watch a Preds game at Jasper's.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I already said that, Steve. Thanks for listening. I talked about the $10 Smash burger and the $3. I kind of. It's all right. You're not the first person. In fairness, I kind of glazed thought.
1: over at buckets of beer. <laughs> <laughs> just,
0: I had a thought bubble. it just drifted off into the bucket and I was swimming around in there. So go to Jasper's,
1: everybody. Go to Jasper's. There's a there's an argument about uh, the worth of the franchise, and and Jim Jim Gingrich, who's the former Alliance Bernstein CEO, i um, our sorry, COO, who is who's looking at a possible mayoral run, uh, made this in a letter to the council earlier earlier this year, and he said we are exponentially increasing the value of this franchise The 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 city should get some worth out of that. Uh, that that we are, it, it's not just a uh, it's not just a a big structure that will bring events and maybe the Super Bowl and WrestleMania and whatever else you want you want to talk about in that being in that facility, but you're taking the value of the, of the Titans, which is in the lower third of NFL franchises, to. To a middle, to at least the middle third of values, because of this deal, and the city should realize some of that. Is that? How does that strike you? I'm, I'm, because I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, I'm interested in that. And there's some politics around it. There's some other stuff, but is that, is that a valid, valid negotiating point?
2: No, because in no, in no city that New York, the city of New York doesn't share in the value of the Yankees. I don't even know what he means by that. I mean, teams are privately owned. The owners enjoy the value or benefit from the value of it. If what he means is they should tap into their paper, the paper value of the franchise to put more cash in, then fine, negotiate it that way. That's not the way team ownership works. I don't think the city would want to be in the ownership, <laughs> the sports oh, yeah. ownership business. Um, Move the team to South America, you'll be fine.
1: Well, yeah. I think I think what his point was was that you that you put more of the burden back on them because they're because they're going to be yeah. b- because, b- because there's going to be more value in the franchise. It, on the isn't
0: under- isn't the answer similar though to the ripple effect that's sort of nebulous and vague that we've already talked about? Like that it just benefits it elevates the entire community in general. Isn't that isn't
1: wouldn't that be the Titans' answer to that question? Well, the the Titans are certainly the biggest benefit uh, beneficiaries of this. Sure. I mean, to the tune of probably like a billion dollars on the on the bottom end of the franchise.
2: Yeah, I I I think there's a really compelling case to be made that the Titans owners are not liquid in this way that most sports owners are. I mean, we don't know about them in a way we know we don't know about the Adams family heirs in a way we know about most sports owners. Uh, Amy Adams Strunk is not like that. She's not, she's not out um, in a way that uh, you know, I think she's more involved in the community than the, than the, than the, than Bud Adams uh, family was after he died. I think she improved those connections, but she's not out public in a way that helped me out guys with some prominent owner. She, Jer- that's Ger-
0: not, Jerry Jones, Jim Irsay, Stan Kroenke, yeah, Mark Cuban, exactly. we, we can keep going. Yeah,
2: The cr- craft, you know, he, she's yeah. not like that. That's not her style. Um, I don't. I think that the the folks who own the team now don't have one, a billion dollars cash <laughs> to put into it. Um, but that was a negotiating point for Mayor Cooper to lean on. One one thing that has been lost in this a little bit is the Titans at one point were pretty open about when it was a renovation about the possibility of being involved in the redevelopment around the stadium. That's not going to be the case anymore. That was a little bit of a, a trade-off here. So I, I don't know. I know what he's saying. If you want to say that's a simple point, right? They should put money into it, but I don't really know what he, I don't know what he means by, by, by that kind of broader point. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that, I, it, but again, but you still come back to the question facing council is if you think they sh- this is a yes or no vote, right? <laughs> Bob Mendez is not going to get to sit down with the Titans negotiators and say, well, I want you to put 1.2 billion in. He can vote no and he can send them back to the negotiating table, but uh, the deal's the deal. That's what the council is going to have to, uh, to vote yes or no on. What a, you,
1: you raised sort of an, sort of an interesting kind of, kind of future question which is the will are the are the is this family the long term owner of the titans are are they the are they the the owners 20 years from now uh of the titans because of that position i mean there's been a, a, a spate of new owners come into the league that are 5 10 20 time billionaires and pay for the pay for the the team and it, and it's done you know, this is a, this is a stretch for this is a stretch for them. I think part of the the financing on that eight hundred million part is like two hundred million dollars in league financing, rather than just cash from the from from that ownership group. And that may be smart man- money management on their part too. But but at this, you know, it, it is the NFL kind of partially financing this as opposed to as opposed to just the ownership group here. Um, it'll be interesting to see how long they own the team. After after this thing opens, uh, yeah. because because it, it all of a sudden becomes a super attractive uh, sort of sort of piece for a new for a potential new owner, right? You have you'll have a gleaming new stadium. The, they'll likely get a Super Bowl out of this. Maybe they'll get in a Super Bowl rotation, may, not not as much as like Miami or New Orleans, but you know Nashville is a city kind of built for that now, right? The, to host these sorts of events, and so. You could have you could have that sort of piece, um, the the council piece of it. Nate, is there a, is there a reason for them to have to act with any certain speed? Because there's been grousing in the legislature about the relationship between Nashville and the state. Anyway, this blew up over the RNC uh, potentially coming here. If if you you don't want this deal to last long into the legislative session if you're the titans uh do you because the the legislature could open this thing back up before it's if it's not if it's not already baked
2: yeah and and as you pointed out i believe cooper doesn't want it lingering into the mayor's race when it when it picks up more next year i i don't even in a worst case scenario where this bleeds in first of all i actually don't think this is going to be completely approved by the end of this year I think it is going to go into 2023 a little bit. I think there's going to be some approvals that are not completely buttoned up by the end of this year. But I, I actually don't think this is one thing that the angry legislature would take away. I think that they put a lot of um, political capital into getting this done, the governor in particular. So I think that they'll let sleeping dogs lie on this. But the, they, the speaker the speaker was really involved in this, too. The speaker was involved. And, in, you know, I think but i do think they just you're talking about 2.1 billion dollars and you're talking about an unwieldy legislature i think that they're going to want to get this done to take that even off the table even as a possibility um i might be optimistic and and but i don't know how optimistic the titans are about it so I, My guess is that the term sheets approved this year. There's some additional approvals that go into early next year, and that it's finished before the legislature starts in earnest in mid to late January. Yeah, the the, the debate might have been the but the the negotiations might have been contentious, but they all
0: have vested interests, separate vested interest in getting it accomplished in a timely fashion.
1: The reason why the mayor wanted to take wanted to take like the redevelopment rights away is in part because he has a sprawling East Bank proposal that's that's headed down the track here as well tell people kind of what the what that is and why the mayor is
2: sort of so invested in that well what it is in a simple sense is we've had a generation that thought we a generation has passed since we thought the east bank was going to redevelop on its own and what you have now is probably one of the weirder stretches of land in our entire city. You've got abandoned lots and truck stops and a scrap yard. And it's just like a, you know, it's, it's pretty odd the juxtaposition of the real estate value versus how it's being used right now. And the folks who own that land aren't stupid. And <laughs> they weren't, they weren't like, they weren't um, waiting to redevelop it arbitrarily the, there was no redevelopment vision. There was no plan. And the first domino to fall was the Oracle campus to the nor- on the north side of the East Bank at River North. And the yes, the possibility of a new Titan Stadium or a renovated Nissan sparked the Cooper administration to ask the planning department to create a broader vision for the East Bank. And they released that earlier this year. I guess it was, a, what, two months ago. And it's now been approved by the planning commission and it's a mixture of infrastructure. Um, you can see how they have uh transit and a brand new North South Boulevard, which is going to be one of the most used roads in the County. Right, Steve. I think, I, I don't think people appreciate how much that road is going to be used when it, when it goes from Murfreesboro Pike, pretty much to help you get on Briley and the interstate to the North, it's going to be one of the main roads in our entire city. So, um, uh, and, and and they've talked about, but haven't f- uh, released um, ideas for things like a cultural campus that would include maybe TPAC and and the National School of the Arts. They've talked about, um, uh, what are some of the other components that they've talked about that we have? Oh, affordable housing, I think is going to be a major part of this. Um, Or at least it'll be a part of it. We'll see if it's major enough for the advocates who want more affordable housing there. So there's more details to come out about the East Bank plan. But in general, they are creating a transit greenway and infrastructure um, uh, corridor that will allow for this area to finally to finally redevelop. Can
0: you give us people a sense? So it feels like the Titans deal is sort of, at least on paper, reaching a point where it's sort of finalized. Then, of course, there's all kinds of other things that have to happen with the construction and all that other stuff. And that's going to be an absolute joy for my wife driving from our neighborhood over to, to Charlotte for her work. But um, I, 2026 is when they say, right, like around that time. I'm not going to ask you the timeline on this, but can you kind of compare the parallel tracks and how far down the track the Titan Stadium deal is versus how far down the track the East Bank deal is in terms of every step that it has to go through before we actually get the
2: the, the shiny new toy? The east, what, what the east bank uh process is now is i think going to be looking at going into the hands of the private sector to bring the development and commercial ideas uh right around the stadium i think the city will have more input about what goes there but if you think all the way to river north i'm not i'm not good at distances but that's a couple of miles um so that that's a lot of land that will be privately redeveloped and the government's uh role is setting the land use plan which is done so the titan stadium the next what two to three months four months maybe tops three months i'll say will get approved and then you'll start the construction process 2026 sounded ambitious for, to me uh but may, maybe not i don't know i don't remember the timeline of like music city center yeah it, it, two
1: to three years is not crazy. It, it's okay. not crazy but like It's going to have to, it's going to, they're going to have to break ground like late next year.
0: So living, I'll just give you a quick analogy. Uh, I live on a street that is turning as most of us do in Nashville. Uh, There are some houses that take four months to get built. And there are some houses that take two years to get built. And it depends on the quality, depends on how custom you want all of it. Like to me, that's sort of where we're at is how much detail are they going to, because they've already talked about, they haven't gotten any renderings of the building itself, but they've talked a lot about what it will actually physically look like. And I have been a big proponent of brick facade, like on the river kind of idea to, to bake it into the other side into Broadway to make it feel like it belongs and to give it some historical context. There's already been a Ryman reference, which is a, which is a brick facade. And again, Mm -hmm. Lucas oils like this a little bit in Indianapolis, um, which kind of actually has like a Ryman shape to it even. So I, I, again, that's the, that's what we're talking about here, right? Is like the detail could take it to twenty twenty seven versus twenty twenty five or six.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think you're exactly right on that. And, These,
1: and the the team opp- came out the, you, to that end. The team came out in the press conference the other day and said, you know, they're not going. They're not looking to. They're not putting looking to put like Sofi on the Cumberland here. I mean, this is not a. This is not going to be a kind of a big spaceship looking. It's not going to be Soldier of, Field sort of be like yeah, when <laughs> you land the UFO in the. <laughs> right. uh in the in the historic structure on, to, on, on top of the,
0: the right the Roman you, you drop a ufo on top of the Roman Colosseum. Exactly. Um uh, the ahead,
1: the, 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 politi- the the politics of this uh, are, are kind of fascinating from the mayor's from the mayor's point of view because the, the mayor is heavily invested in doing the East Bank. I think they view I think he views this as, as sort of a legacy project and it it, it it is a big sort of aggressive uh Move at at redeveloping this this what you described perfectly as this disparate set of uh, of land uh, of, of land parcels and kind of, and kind of how they're used, um, but the the, the st- it kind of doesn't work without the stadium. Uh, if you don't move the stadium over to kind of the interstate side uh, and kind of build out the greens, you you want like more green space towards the river, which is the 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 proposal is to put parking underground and then and then do green space on top of it so you're not you're not it's like you're having like lots all around the stadium or or even you know like a big parking structure but but mayor cooper is kind of along for the ride on this on on the stadium deal here
2: but very much invested in in the east bank do you think that's fair i think that's a really good way to describe it i think he what i just said a minute ago i think he sees an East bank that has never really been uh, no one's really taken a full swing at it. And he, and he's eager to be the first one to do it. And I think he, well, I don't want to speak for him too much, but you could make the case that he views the stadium as this is the lesser of two evils. And it's, it's a necessity to do it as opposed to, you know, something he's like, you know, doing cartwheels over. Um, I'm kind of reading between the lines there, but. Whereas the East Bank, it seems like he is doing cartwheels over that, i mean he's been he's been
1: uh, out kind of like peppering the ground here with reporters and and other folks here for months. Um, kind of and and I think you t- you talk to anybody who's been into his office here over the last few months, and you know that's the thing he wants to talk about. that's yeah. the you know he's got he pulls out maps and pulls out <laughs> whatever else to talk about this deal and he thinks it's it's kind of transform, transformative which is which is interesting because you know there's a 2 billion dollar deal that's ahead of time that you know he was out front pitching it as you know he was he was very much the pitch man here at the press conference this week as you know, as saying this is good for nashville it gets rid of this obligation uh it'll be a, it'll it'll be a good kind of long term long term thing but the politics of it are i, I don't i don't know if if you took a poll right now of Nashvillians, I don't think you'd find 75% of people going, yes, let's, let's build a new stadium. Matter of fact,
2: I don't even know that that number might be 50% right now. think that's fair. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably true. Like I said, I've been, I've been surprised at the number of people who, who know Metro issues really, really well, uh, who, who are confused about what is actually being proposed. So I think, the message, you know, we have a point of reference for this and that's the original stadium deal. Um, I talked to Dave Cooley's a few months ago to take kind of do a take a walk back to what that was like. And I believe he told me that it started polling in the 30 percent you know, range and it passed at 60 percent. They haven't done a full messaging blitz on this. Their their efforts have been aimed at Metro Council and before that at the legislative members. Um, And it's worth it's worth saying
1: you you should say why Cooley and the Bredesen administration
2: had to do that blitz versus being council focused here. Yeah. Well, because of the way that deal was structured, it was eligible to be uh, voted on if if. Uh, petitions were ga- enough signatures were gathered for a petition to put it on the ballot. And that's what happened. Because it was um, general
1: obligation bonds from the was general
2: obligation. So it was property tax dollars that were in in layman's terms that were used for it. And our old friend Eric Crafton led the effort Uh, to... uh. Uh, kind of preview where we've ended up last few years, where he literally just mailed placards to people and said, do you want to vote on the Titans deal or on the Oilers coming here? And uh, it ended up passing with 60%. So, but right now where we are as a city, like I I wrote in my story, I feel like we're a tour. We're kind of tourism weary right now. You know, people think about pedal taverns and Airbnb. and I don't know that people are really giddy conceptually about spending the money on a football football field.
0: Well, and, and honestly, like I was walking with my buddies the other night d- randomly from a concert and we moved downtown when we were like 27 because we c- because we were qualified as affordable housing candidates and we looked at each other and we just were like, how, you know, we're 40 now. We looked at each other like, how would a 26 year old who is single moving here afford to live anywhere in downtown Nashville, in any space, and and that like that's that's a big part of the the East Bank development. And you talk about the gap, right? The gap between sort of, and I'd like to think this is the best interview you're going to do on this topic uh, all week long. I know you've done a lot of them, but but I'm curious, what is how big is the gap between what you know, all the details and minutia that we've talked about in this conversation, and what what is going to be told to the average person, the average sports fan? The, the person that doesn't like sports, like what is going to be like, how do you close that gap and how big do you think that gap is right now in terms of understanding the minutiae?
2: And then also just like, Hey, I want a new stadium or I don't want a new stadium. The the two things that the average person doesn't seem to understand is one, the current lease deal is shitty for the city. And I, I don't know. There's just no other way for me to say it. it just is. And you can wring your hands about that and you can wish that it wasn't, or you can think the Titans are bad guys for for calling the city on the lease but a deal's a deal and in this case not only is a deal's a deal but the public voted on this right this is what the city wanted uh, when they when it was when it was approved 20 plus years ago so that's number 1 uh and then number 2 is just what just what we've said a, a few times the, the revenue dedicated to this cannot be steered towards something else they could have negotiated the deal in such a way that a portion of it and i think we're really talking about the sales tax from the campus right steve i don't think i don't think anyone is saying they shouldn't have dedicated the hotel motel tax and i don't right. think anyone is saying they shouldn't have dedicated the in stadium sales tax obviously that would only happen with a new stadium the the negotiating point was why is so much of this broader campus sales tax going back into the building and that's a that i guess that's a fair criticism but if you don't build it, you have, you're creating less sales tax anyway. So, it, look, the messaging on that, you know, would be difficult to, to, to explain that to the average person. I wouldn't envy anyone having to do that for a political campaign. But uh, it's not an either or. The choices are not increase teacher salaries or hire more cops or build a football dome. Right. That's not the choice. And uh, but look, I'm not I'm not blaming anyone for not grasping it. It is confusing
0: let me ask steve this then or both of you do you think cooper's message at the original press conference which was fairly simple and now we're talking communications we're not talking sports or financing we're talking comms here it was we're we're taking the burden off the city and bring bringing this new thing to our town do, do you think that is the right approach for him going into a mayoral race next year i
1: do is there, I think is, he, is, it, him, is it accurate? <laughs> well, no, no. It's I, I. think it's accurate. Right. Um. You know how it plays out in a mayoral campaign is, is a different question. And, and how this, you know, is this is this a council politics question next year? Because all those all those council members are running for re-election. You have a significant number of council seats that will be open. I because people are term limited out. So this might actually. Yeah, you know, parts of this question may actually show up in council races next year. Uh, I, I don't know exactly how it might be weaponized um, because there's just not a ton that the that the council could do uh, in terms of renegotiating the deal. I mean, it, it is just sort of an up or down thing. But people are going to have to people are going to have to answer for it next year, and 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 that's why I think there's 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 probably um, at least among people who are running for council next, you know, in the next term, whether they're running for a district seat again, or some people are going to run for at large or whatever else to not have this stretch into, you know, into the spring where they're going to have to start going out and making their case to voters. They would like, they, I think, I think most of those folks would like to have this issue settled uh, so that it's not, it's not weaponizable either, you know, against them. I, I think that's maybe on a communications point of view thinking about it in the future and, and, and the politics of it, that's probably the way it is. It, does this show up in a mayoral campaign? Probably. I, I, probably, but I, I think the most of the, if you go to Freddie O'Connell or Matt Wilshire who are already declared, or even some of the people who are, who are sniffing around about this race, I mean they would probably have the same messaging that Cooper has in in the sense that well I we got to do something because the lease exists and we get, we have to we have that obligation uh, and this big thing here doesn't touch property taxes so you know I, it, I it don't, lands
0: on, it lands on sports fans it does yeah. when you say hey we're taking all the obligation away from the city and the taxpayers and we're going to build you a new stadium sports fans go great <laughs> there's not a lot of there's not more nuance to it than that honestly I, I
1: honestly i honestly think that there's going to be more fighting in the mayoral campaign next year over
2: the east bank stuff than there than there is yep. over uh, over the stadium nate it, nate it, when are it, we uh, go ahead also, nate. well i just going to say if you really want to get nerdy on this and pay attention to what the council members like i'm interested in, in what the at-large members who are up for re-election next year how they vote I think it'll just tell you which way it's headed. So like Zulfat Suara, Berkeley Allen, Jeff Syracuse, who's running for at-large. I believe Nancy Van Rees is a potential at-large candidate. Well, and Sharon Hurt, who might be running for mayor, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah and and then uh, Angie Henderson who might run as you reported Steve for uh, vice mayor how do those of course the funny thing about all this is we might have the council shrunk next year by uh, by the legislature so uh, I I heard somebody make the joke well if if these 40 people don't vote yes then the 18 people who are left next year maybe they'll they'll have to vote for it we'll see how that goes
0: super less government. That's what we all, yeah. that's what we're all voting for. Um, Nate, uh, thank you so much for your time in you're, you're super gracious. Every time we have you on, uh, it's been a long conversation, so we really appreciate it. Uh, I hope everybody is smarter off uh, for it. I assume they are now. Here's the question uh, to wrap up. Wh- when's the next time when's fourth appearance coming? Is this about January? We have you on, is that, that's your yeah. <laughs> final prediction. If If you're allowed to come on more than three times, just keep me on your invite list. Well, it's in the bylaws. We'll have a vote on it and we'll decide. <laughs> so uh thank you so much nate we do appreciate it make sure you check out all his work of course all over axios uh, the twitter account as well thank you dude thanks guys that was the unimpeachable nate Rao from axios we do appreciate his time friend of the pod jason isbell fanatic green bay packers fan all kinds of good stuff chicago cubs fan Wears the hat all the time. Every time I've ever seen him, he's been wearing a Chicago Cubs hat. Uh, but the, one of the, one hat, of the in the intrepid, interview, yes, ex- exactly. One of the most intrepid reporters on the beat covering uh, national politics and the intersection of sports. In this case, uh, and if you're gonna if you're gonna get information about the stadium, he's your guy. And I know he does it t- again. We, we kind of joke about it, but he has to do a ton of interviews, which is good for him and and, and Axios, but. There's so much lost in the conversation. Like you cannot do a 12 minute radio interview and understand all of the intricacies and details of this particular situation. So we are very grateful that he gave us so much time today.
1: One of the, I was glad we got to sort of the messaging pieces of the piece of this because I do think that the politics of it are fascinating, uh, and the credit piece of it is fascinating. I mean, this is a state deal. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, I was having a conversation with somebody. Uh, about this, and I said, you know, the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark. The there's a criticism of Raiders, and it's this: if Indiana Jones, who's the protagonist, the hero, the the swashbuckling archaeologist, if he is not in the movie, he is. He, He's actually not instrumental to any portion of the plot for <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. If you took Indiana Jones out, the Nazis still find the medallion. Okay. They find the right place. They dig up the Ark. They take it to the island. They open the Ark up and all of them are killed. Just like what happens in the movie. God, Spoiler alert, Steve. Come on. And in many ways, Mayor Cooper is a little like <laughs> Indy in this. In that... I was if wondering Mayor where that Cooper, analogy was going to go. <laughs> if Mayor Cooper were, if Mayor Cooper were not here, the state still would have passed the five hundred million. Still would have passed the tax capture. That uh, that's the, the next seven hundred and fifty or so million, and the team and the NFL would have put it in the next eight hundred million. Uh which which was it was fascinating to watch, like the press conference and Mayor Cooper out pushing the stadium, pushing the stadium deal, and uh, so I don't know if, in, if in, in any of this kind of like how much credit or blame or whatever else that mayor Cooper deserves in the so, deal, because I don't, he, he was so, in this anal- so, this.
0: so in this analogy, was Indiana Jones like privately negotiating with the Nazis on how much of the arc
1: they get? Is that like <laughs> is that what's that what, is that the is that the correct the analogy portion? breaks down at certain pieces here, Braden? You're just gonna have to go with me on this. Um
0: it, no, so but I, but I I do think he was, as Nate pointed out, like he's been a a, a good steward of representing the city's interests, even though in this particular sit- in this particular debate. Um, although it serves his purpose very well, like you said, to not really have to be super involved in this and then to come out and say, look what we got. (laughs) We got this new stadium right right before he runs a a campaign. Um, But again, I I think the I think I, 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 I don't know about you. Maybe I'm wrong on this. And I think Nate pointed this out because the Titans came to the table with a little bit more grace than a team could have or needed to. I think the state certainly has some stake in this and they kind of ponied up pretty quickly. There's obviously vested interest in that as well. And then the city, I think, doing their best diligence, as Nate said, I think was the quote about the job that Cooper did in negotiations to at least get this to a certain point. And again, it feels like while the negotiations were contentious, it feels like all three parties are are on board, are in the same place on this, have been in the same place on this for a while. Not really sure any of them have a choice. And they all have vested interest in this getting done, not quickly, but like in a timely manner. So,
1: yeah, I was talking to a council member uh, about this, about kind of what they like, how they view the deal and kind of kind of what they're going to do on it. And they're they're still trying to go through all the pieces on it and make up their mind on it. Um, but they re- I think a lot of the council will tell you kind of off the record that they do feel like, you know, there's a gun to their head here with the deal and that right. you either you either do it or you don't. There There, there is not much room here to, to renegotiate this thing, to pull it back open, to, to pull some pieces out. Nate was, uh, you know, Nate brought up the, the, the capital, um, you know, the capital backstop piece of the, of the tax capture, which may, you know, might actually be something that they could do, but, you know, and this is what Mendez had, uh, councilman Mendez has been talking about, um, which might be a part, you know, might be a small part of it, but basically this thing is baked. It's either going to, it's either going to pass or it's not, and I, I surprised if you'd be surprised if it doesn't pass. And and this is what this is what uh, this councilman that I that I was talking to was talking about. There's an incredible amount of inertia in in the council. Uh, This is built to be a weak council system. Uh, this was designed by the founders. This, I mean, the founders, but the, the, by the, the the folks behind Metro that, that passed Metro government in the early '60s, is to have a big council that deals with zoning and constituent issues and whatever else. But that it's hard to put together like a big, strong opposition to, uh, you know, to the to the, the direction that the mayor is taking the city. Yeah. Uh, and they, I, I, if you. There's 39 people in the in the council because there's an at large person who resigned last year. It's only going to take 20 votes. The, this thing has a lot, you know. There is inertia towards passing these sorts of things. I, I think that they, I, I think that the politics of this is going to be very hard to stop. If you yep. wanted to yep. stop this deal, yep. I, I just don't. I, I don't. It's going to be very, very hard in the council to find. You know, 20 votes against this. I,
0: I am, I am uh, no political expert, but uh, if I'm a councilman, I can see the value of going along with this to take the win and, 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 then, and then sell it to my constituents or, or whatever race I'm running in. Hey, hey, I was a part of this win, right? If you want to call it that, which I think many people would, would paint it in that, in that light. And then to turn around and then use whatever capital you've built up to fight for what you want in the East Bank deal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, like the, the, those East are the Bank... those are
0: the debates that are coming, which is affordable housing and green space and all that uh, transportation, all that. Stuff. The
1: East Bank could actually be sort of the battle royale of, right. uh, uh, of of all of this. And if you're, I think that there is there's a there's a there's a, there's a school of thought that says, okay, this is largely a state funded deal. Uh, so take the state money, or take how the state has right. set this up, and if we're going to if we're going to fight over it, you know, the East Bank is is the fight to have um, because that is the you know, you're building a, a you're essentially building a new neighborhood downtown.
0: The, the, and that is what impacts the most people's lives who live here, who aren't tourists, who don't live in Franklin or Hendersonville or Mount Juliet. It's the, the, again, I'm one of them. My family is one of them. That is what will impact us. And you heard Nate say it. that road could be one of the most used roads in the entire county, which is something that I assume we will be doing uh dedicated bus lines for example i mean for the love of god please (laughs) just 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 get me someplace in nashville on the exact time that i'm supposed to be there that would be wonderful um
1: well, well the 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 interesting thing to me is that the if you want to make a criticism of mayor cooper it's that he came in he came in four years ago or three and a half years ago uh critical of all of the focus on downtown and that we would be building now we would be building a new name that his 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 crowning achievement would be building a new neighborhood downtown uh and and i think that's what i that's what i've heard specifically from a couple of people on the council and 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 some other folks that 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 is the that is the thing that just kind of that, that they the, there's there's an, a complete disconnect on
0: they, they have largely been by very, very, very talented and um, coercive forces as well as legislative decisions. They've sort of painted themselves into a corner on the stadium. So, again, if I'm a council person, make it look like I'm the reason we won, even though we've sort of all been painted into the corner to do it. Take that and then use that capital to fight the other fights I want, which, again, in my opinion, should be transportation, affordable housing, green space. The beautification of that area and the usability by local people who live in the area. So, all right, that's a long conversation about that. We're going to have more of them, of course, as we go. Uh, a couple of quick nuggets here for you folks who are avid listeners and still hanging with us here through all of that minutia. Um, uh, number one is the, the Tennessee Alabama game from a TV rating standpoint. Number one in the market last week, obviously, a 25.8. Now, I have been told I've reached out to Nielsen, I've reached out to the Titans, I've reached out to News Channel 5. I have been told that the universe that now includes streaming as of January by Nielsen is at 11,211 TV homes per rating point. Um, That was the number I was told by multiple people for the years before. Uh, That's apparently still a lot of gray area there. But if you compare just this year's numbers to this year's numbers, Alabama, Tennessee at 25.8. That beats every single Titans game by a couple of thousand TV homes. Uh, The Giants game was a 23.4. Buffalo was a 17.6. The Raiders was a 22.3. The Colts pulled an 18.1. And Washington was a 20.4. So we are talking two, two and a half ratings points better than any Titans game. Uh, Again, I think the quality of the game and the two opponents have a lot to do with it, obviously. But if each rating point is worth about 11,000 TV homes, you're talking twenty five, thirty thousand 30,000 more people in more homes in Nashville watched Alabama and Tennessee than have watched any Titans game. And, and that would, that, that we're talking 10, 15 year high for any college football game in the city of Nashville, which is again, I, not a surprise.
1: I, I still believe that the, the NFL is, is more, is a bigger ratings franchise than uh, than college football however we saw glimmers of this last year in the tennessee ratings as they as, as people started to get excited about yep, this yep. team in hype and that 25 <laughs> number is what a fully operational death star looks like uh when tennessee fans are have a good team and are excited. You know, probably that's Bama. Fans well, and Bama is, but, Bama's is the second. There's biggest, a bunch of Bama fans here. Bama is
0: the second biggest product product in the market as well from right, college standpoint. Right,
1: and, and that's. I mean, that is that is the fully realized number right there. That's but, that's
0: to um, to disprove one particular afternoon drive time radio host in the market. <laughs> love you, big guy. Uh, this is a Tennessee market. Okay, yeah. when Tennessee is good and when they are big and when they are doing this. This is a University of Tennessee market. It is a University of Alabama market number two. But it is a University of Tennessee market. Again, they've pulled an 18.7 this year for the Florida game, which would beat two Titans games. Yeah. Two Titans. The, the Florida game beat two Titans games. The Pittsburgh game this year pulled a 14.3, which is close to two Titans games. And this Alabama game, again, just beat every single Titans game uh this season i I agree with you the nfl is still king there's no question about that from a consistency standpoint it's not even close because when you can get blown out by buffalo on a cable channel at six o'clock on a monday and still pull an 18 (laughs) yeah you're you're still the king but from a
1: college standpoint this is
0: absolutely a university of tennessee market it's not even close so two
1: two weeks two weeks from now is the uh, two weeks from now we'll we'll let you know exactly what what this is when we see the tennessee uh georgia ratings oh can't wait for that which was a big number last year so it it was a big number last year it'll be a big number this year it'll be you know a top five uh top five thing unless you know tennessee stumbles (laughs) against ut martin which i'm not saying it's stop i'm not saying even
0: just don't even talk
1: outside the realm of possibility but whatever all right uh
0: so uh go to jaspers everybody of course because lamestream sports is brought to you back jaspers make sure if you want some good journalism sign up nashville banner.com it'll be sent right to your inbox steve and, and and the team are doing great work uh so make sure you check that out as well you got uh again we mentioned jaspers have i mentioned jaspers steve go to jaspers everybody go to jaspers um you can get to us uh, of course on the twitter sphere there at Braden gall at 440 sports at s cavendish if you want to do that as well i've got one major complaint however for you uh, i've been waiting for this so considering the climate let's just say about some messaging for the last i don't know 25ish years around media and the perception of media and some extremist behavior towards media we we've got somebody bringing an assault rifle to a you know to a, a newspaper in baltimore right a couple of years ago i i would prefer when i am in attendance at the ryman auditorium that you not tell everybody that if something were to happen to the Ryman, every reporter in Nashville would disappear. Uh, or, or, I didn't say that. I said, or something. It to would that substantially, effect. please do not put a bullseye on a building <laughs> when <laughs> all of the media is in attendance. And there my were favorite... many illuminaries and dignitaries at the Jason Isbell concert on Tuesday evening.
1: My yeah. favorite, my favorite response <laughs> to all that was, was Kim Crusey over at the Associated Press who responded that, uh, because we were at the, we were at the Tuesday night show together, uh, Nate
0: Nate was there. Teresa Nate was, Walker was Nate there. Was there uh,
1: yeah. Adam Tambrin was there. Yeah. Uh, t- Teresa Joe Hudak from uh, Rolling yeah. Stone. Uh, I mean, there were probably you know dozens of others that we didn't see. It it, it tends to be a, a journalist friendly crowd. Uh, <laughs> and um, Kim Kruse from the AP t- uh, tweeted back at uh, back at me. I've been named the designated survivor as my tickets are for Wednesday night, (laughs) which we'll have uh, at least one represent. I'm just saying,
0: Steve, you know, in this climate of like extreme violence towards the media, I just don't think you need to put a target on the Ryman. You know what I'm uh, saying? That target was
1: that target exists no matter what. At least, you know, I
0: know I'm kidding. I kid because I care.
1: We'll go out happy.
0: I kid because I care and thank God I didn't look at my phone as we talked about in the interview. Otherwise, I would have been more scared during the show. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was it was a great show and uh, uh, we had a good time and we had a great time talking to Nate. So special thanks to Nate for hanging out with us and giving us all the um, all the details for everything you possibly could need to know about this. And I'm sure we'll talk to him again when it all gets approved sometime in guessing January. So thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening. Go to Jasper's, everybody. For Steve, I'm Braden. Thanks for hanging out. This has been Lamestream Sports here on the 440 Sports Network.